you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? James Coe here on the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Oh, boy. What a busy, busy offseason weekend has been in the NFL. We're going to get to all of your top headlines. Adrian Peterson, contract breakdown. What does it mean for the Saints? Marshawn Lynch, what does that mean for Oakland? We're going to talk about LeGarrette Blunt, Martavis Bryant. And, of course, we will get through your first, I'd say about your first three rounds of the uh, of the actual NFL draft and talk about some fantasy relevant fits uh, that could happen there. All the guys it's will check. finally, it's finally, finally, <laughs> finally draft week. <laughs> I do love it. I love it indeed. We got a full house here. We got Adam Rank. What's cracking? What's happening? I stand here and I, did you give up on the playoff beard already? No, this is actually two weeks in. Oh, you're still doing it. Yes. Well, it doesn't seek matter. Out, he'll, he'll be out. able to. He'll be able to shave it soon. Oh, this, this, this that was the setup, wasn't it? <laughs> that, <little> was, bit. <laughs> that was the setup. A little bit. Why? I don't know why Marcus has got to take my joke. <laughs> In our Lakers, I mean, as Laker fans, we really don't have much to talk about. But the Clippers losing. Why? Do, can I ask you why do Laker fans take such joy? In the Clippers losing. You, it you doesn't really want make to, sense. Because you guys started to act like you were on our level, which is like, wait, what are you doing? That's why why are, are you doing they, that? They are like, better no, than the Lakers right now. And they for the past better and no, no, no. for the past five years. Okay, I'm sorry. Lakers measure themselves in championships. Okay. You haven't even come to that party yet. <laughs> You don't have. You're nothing. You're like I'm, I've I'm never not, been invited. I, I you're like somebody standing outside when, of Disneyland let, let writing it down something. to be like, "You've never been in there." Let me ask you something. When did the Clippers come out and say we're LA's team? Oh my god! When did they do that? You don't listen to enough five seventy. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> 
<laughs> your station, the home of the – it's obnoxious. Yes, it's not. This is the same place. It's not. It's a this, same, this, this is, is, Two this minutes is, and we're officially off is, the rails. This is what happens. Clippers on, versus, let like, me on, tell you what's, let me tell what's happening. Local radio. The Laker, Laker fans needlessly hate on other teams. That's how it's always been. No, we hate on no. Le, Laker fans hate on LeBron for going to Miami. I mean, they hate on LeBron for going to, to, back to Cleveland. Nobody does. I mean, it's amazing. It is amazing. On it's, it's one of the most insecure fan bases no. in the NBA. The most it's amazing. No, no, no. Very secure. We just don't understand why the Clippers. Like, it's one thing, like, if Warrior fans want to get all in our face because sure. we're currently the hot thing. Like, oh, yeah. Okay, that's okay. fine. All right. As your three minutes are starting to wash away now. But that's cool. <laughs> wow. Say what you, wow. Say what you wow. want. Okay, we got MG. My got Marcus Graham. What's cracking, buddy? Man, just, just firing <laughs> off shots at the Warriors and everything, too. Um, oh, Well, they're, listen, they all of a sudden came out of the woodwork. Like, that, oh, my God. Like, that's very true. And if you Out go to nowhere. Disneyland or something nowhere. like that, I mentioned just moments ago, yes. all the kids have warrior gear and all that stuff, which of is course. understandable. But it's the adults. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you're a Warriors fan now? I had no idea. The worst is when you see the adults with the trolley car jerseys. You're like, bro, you you haven't been a fan Not that even. long. You know? Not even. Stop yeah. it. Uh, Alex Gelhar, the WizKid from Wisconsin. What's up? Oh, this should be an interesting show. <laughs> 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 After that heated debate. <laughs> I do love it indeed. All right, man. Like I said, we're going to get to your your, your mock draft. Uh, we will get to Daily Daps. I promise you, you want to stick around for Daily Daps. Daily There's Daps. some good stuff in Daily Daps. There's some extra bonus material in Daily Daps, and we will get to it. But we start your show, as always, with your top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Watch the news. Because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. All right, let's start in Oakland. Marshawn! Marshawn Lynch, beast mode. He's back in back, back in black. Man, I can't even get it out. I'm so excited. I got my beast mode hat on. Do you really? Oh, he just took off the mic. He really what does have a devil. beast mode hat. He's legitimately wearing a he beast really mode hat. I got my beast mode, mode hat going. I'm ready to rock and roll. If you really wanted to impress me, you would have rolled up with the Marshawn Lynch Bills jersey. <laughs> like, I go way That's back. That's hipster cred. There's a, there's a Cal connection, so I'll allow it. Of course. Of co- I'll allow it. The news, of course, was broken by NFL Media's Mike Garofolo and Ian Rappaport with the two men reporting that the 31-year-old running back will be coming out of retirement and that the Raiders and the Seahawks have worked out a trade. It's reportedly a two-year deal worth up to $8.5 million. Three million guaranteed in year one with an extra two million if he reaches 1,000 yards in year one. So up to $5 million in year one. That's pretty good money. Uh, the Raiders and the Seahawks reportedly swapped fifth and sixth round picks respectively. Adam Rank, I know you love this signing. Behind this monster O-line, does Marshawn crack 1,000 rushing yards? 100%. 100%. I love this offensive line. See, people get a little bit too carried away. Um, or actually, I should say, they don't give enough credit to offensive lines. I remember last year, I thought that Ezekiel Elliott was going to be the number one running back in fantasy football. I was not correct, so I was wrong. But he still had a very close. good season, and the whole reason was is because he had that offensive line. If he had been drafted, well, we got to see him do it. Who, <laughs> oh God, I hate he's it. never played it down in the NFL. What do you want me to? I can't. Never played it down. How dare you want me to take this guy who's going to go so out funny. and be top three? I think is where he finished up, right. depending on your scoring. Sure. Uh, a lot of things are different. I play with bonuses, so I think he was a little bit higher. But anyways, I love it. I love that. Um, I love that offensive line. Yeah. I look at his role. I don't see him as being a, 
a complete bell cow 300 carry back, but I see a similar situation to what we had with LeGarrette Blunt last year, 18 touchdowns. I'm not saying Marshawn's having 18 touchdowns, but that kind of production. By the, but you're not that heavy. far off of 18, brother. No, 12 is 12 is pretty high. That's legit. Like oh. that's really going to happen. But he's still got a little bit of Jalen Richard and uh, DeAndre Washington. DeAndre Washington yeah, sure. sitting there fighting for some touches. So I really like it. And it's funny because even as recently as this morning, uh, some of the people who I talked to who are news gatherers were like, "Yeah, they still don't know." If he's going to show up, like it's all well and good, but it's Marshawn. <laughs> but uh, I think he put that all to rest because he, uh, he had a dope a tweet. tweet. Yep, he did. You know, I'll, I'll read it verbatim. Please. Here. Uh, please don't. Verbatim. Word for word. <laughs> yes, Lod, 12th man. I'm thankful, but oh, I almost actually said the word. Uh, that was the joke. But uh, he said, <laughs> things have gotten real. And he's really looking forward oh, to playing for Oakland because man. he's really from there. And like real. Really from there. Yeah. Although he did leave us with a cryptic thing at the end that everyone's trying to decipher. Town business breath on me. Yeah. That's got to be something That's local to all, Oakland, right? I mean, they, well, ta- the town business is an Oakland thing. Yeah. Um, I don't quite get the – I mean, I guess that just means he is deep in town business. You know, you know what's really funny, though? He could have <clears> – <throat> that could have been like an autocorrect thing that he did not then – <laughs> Recorrect. That is possible. You know okay, what I'm saying? Hold on, hold on. Let's get you know back to talking football and fantasy, and not whether or not his tweets were autocorrect. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing. Look, though, hold on. Look, is MG, he talking about? Is he upset for Oakland that the team is moving? And I'm sure really deep down inside he That's is. That's what I took. From but they're still. Like, I'm you know, motivated still to bring a championship to Oakland before we bounce to Fremont Street. Uh, Marcus Grant. Uh, let me ask you this. Um, you know, Adam Rank ha- has some. You know, pretty. Strong projections for Marshawn Lynch. Uh, over a thousand yards, more than ten touchdowns. Do, do you do you buy that projection? Um, I don't think he gets there. I don't think it's I don't think it's ridiculous. I don't think it's a crazy number, but I don't think he quite gets there. Um, I mean, I think this is a team that is still going to throw the ball quite a bit. And eleven hundred total yards is absolutely doable. No, yes, that's doable. That's totally doable. But I mean, you know, like I said, they're still going to throw the ball quite a bit. There, there still is Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington there. I mean, so there are still other pieces that I think are going to be worked into this offense. But you do know now who your front line starting running back is going to be in Oakland. Yeah. And look, if if the year off allowed him to get healthy and allowed right. him to be at least close to what we saw during his time in Seattle, then it's going to be great. If he's still the guy who's not 100%, who's still banged up, who still you know has to sit out you know, a game or two here or there, um, then maybe this doesn't work out quite the way a lot of people want it to. Alex Gilhart, your take. Uh, I I don't need to see him do it in the rank sense. I just need to get a better <laughs> sense of his health because yeah. this is a guy, as Marcus said, in 2015, wasn't the same Marshawn Lynch that we'd seen in the past. He pulled himself out of games for abdomen injuries. He has a history of back injuries, which are, you know, nothing to turn your nose up at, especially nope. for a running back who's constantly getting compressed and who's and for a back like Lynch, whose M.O. was run through a blank face, as he said in that wonderful <laughs> over 60. Over and over. Over and over and over <laughs> in that 60 Minutes interview or whatever that was. So, yes, the ceiling is there, as Rank said. I am somewhat concerned. He's not as old as some of these other guys, but we've seen this happen a few times in fantasy in recent years where aging star goes to a great offense and a great team. He's going to shoot up draft boards. Everybody's going to overdraft him. And then Father Time's going to deliver a knockout punch. So it's, I'm concerned. I'm like cautiously optimistic right now, 
but I want to get into training camp or get the team around him and get the beat reporters and find out a better picture of his health before I totally buy in. If I were to say Marshawn Lynch in the fourth round in a standard 10-team league, too rich, about right, too low. I'd take that because I think he's going to climb into the second. See, that's the thing. I think he's going to be a second or third round, and I just I can't do that. Second or ooh. second round? Can't be second rounder, dude. Can't be a second rounder. Can't. Well, why? Be. Why is it? Why are you guys all of a sudden down on it? Because earlier today, when I said that Marshawn was going to have more points than Adrian Peterson, you guys were like, "That's the warmest take ever." It's like Italian well, yeah, wedding but soup. I also, I also at the Olive Garden. It's, I also, so <laughs> it's just lukewarm and it's awful, and I gotta send it back. Adrian Peterson's older, has more carries, is coming off of a serious injury last year, and also has Mark Ingram, John Kuhn, Kobe Fleener, Daniel Lasco, Let's, all these guys in the backfield. To well, the Raiders carries. have a ton of offensive weapons as well. They do, but they don't have the guy like Mark Ingram that's literally standing in Adrian Peterson's way. You know what I'm saying? I think I don't know. Well, well, let me ask you, Rank. Do you think a third round pick for him would be too much? Just about right, or what? Uh, I would have to see the way the board unfolds because I mean, we're talking about a top thirty pick here. That's that seems pretty pricey, no? It's a little pricey. Yeah, that's, I, I, that's why I thought a fourth round pick would be about right. Fourth seems perfect to me. I mean, I guess some some people will fall in love with the with the name brand recognition. Although I think Adrian Peterson gets that more. And I think people are more apt to be like, ah, whatever, Ingram sucks. I'm not saying that, but people say that. Like, oh, I'm going to take Peter. Like, he's many, got something Many people prove. say that. Many people. Some in this room. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, but fourth round, you get a couple of uh, wide receivers to start your draft. Yeah. Feeling pretty good. And if Marshawn Lynch was my RB1 coming in on the fourth round, I'd be, I'd be comfortable with that. Yeah, you don't feel too bad about that. No. You know what I mean? That's not too bad. I, I'll, I'll say this about Marshawn Lynch, too. I think there's extreme volatility, right? What Alex Gelhar was saying, that there's certainly upside. I think 1,200 yards, 12 touchdowns is, I, I mean, is it probable? No, but, I mean, it's doable. It's absolutely if, if he doable. he plays 13 or 14 games in this offense and, you know, a catastrophic injury doesn't hit elsewhere, like to Derek Carr again or, you know, Cooper or Crabtree or whatever. Absolutely. Like, you know, totally going to buy in. So that's why, that's why for me, the biggest question is his health. And right, right now, all we know about Marshawn is he's just been crushing it, well, on, it on TV and stuff. Right. Like it's health and shape too, though, because yeah. he's been out of the game for a year. Has he stayed in somewhat relative good shape? I don't know. We don't know. We're, there's a lot to be found out there. But man, I tell you what, uh, a lot of folks, including myself, <laughs> excited to see him back. Oh yeah. Uh, one in general, he's awesome. One yeah. follow-up question though: the killer sees Cooper Crabtree and Derek Carr having a guy who is a, a clear-cut bell cow. In Marshawn Lynch and Jack Del Rio wants to run this ball behind this giant offensive line. Could it potentially hurt their touchdown upside for Cooper, Crabtree, or Carr? Well, since Amari Cooper doesn't score red zone touchdowns, it doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> they don't throw the ball to him in the red zone, so that's not gonna that's not gonna be impacted right. by anything. Um, yeah, I mean potentially. Okay, you know, I, but I mean they gave the ball to. Uh, Latavius Murray 17 times inside the five last year. They'll probably give Marshawn at least that if he's if he's healthy, maybe a few more. True, but I would imagine he'll siphon some away from a few other players. I I wouldn't rate it enough to drop those guys. Okay, with the arrival of Marshawn. Uh, by the way, can we get this going here? The Killer Seas. I feel as if that's a perfect nickname. Potentially, 
Car Crabtree. That's right. Also, also, I I regret to remember to say that I forgot to play this earlier, but bro, I've been here the whole oh, time. time. Yes, sir. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll continue with this aging running back theme. Adrian Peterson is now a Saint. He signed a two-year deal on Monday, a deal that is reportedly worth seven million bucks. Mark Ingram is still the starter, but. I don't know. I, I guess you could say in name. I've heard a lot of 1A, 1B conversation there, but you got to be thinking this is going to be a full-on split backfield Marcus Grant. Yeah, it is. That's pretty much uh, pretty much how I feel about it. Um, you know, and, and I know Sean Payton is saying, well, we're going to have a defined role and we still like Mark Ingram, and, bro, we're not buying it. Nope. Like, not buying it at all. And here's the thing, though. <laughs> I mean, again, this goes back to the if you have – if you have two running backs, you really have none because for the Saints, this is this is great. You have two talented, you know, running backs, especially if, if Peterson is right and he's healthy. You've got two very talented running backs in the backfield, and that makes your defense or your offense a lot harder to defend. For fantasy, we're left scratching our heads. Like, what do we do? Who's the guy? Do we take Mark Ingram and expect that he's going to be the RB1? Is he going to see goal line carries? Is that going to be Adrian Peterson who falls forward into the end zone, you know, eight to ten times a year? We don't know, you know, and, and I've seen the joke on Twitter already that, yeah, it's going to be really fun and we, when everybody settles on a running back and it's John Kuhn who ends up taking all the goal line carries <laughs> and scoring all the touchdowns. Kuhn! So, so oh. this, is, this is – it's terrible. It's awful. I wrote about it that, you know, the fantasy running back position is dying. Maybe there was hyperbole. I don't care. Um, but I think, I think the fact that we're talking about a 32-year-old running back with two major knee surgeries yep. and a 31-year-old running back who just sat out a year. And we're talking about them as legitimately being potential fantasy running back options oh, yeah. speaks to the just the dismal lack of depth at the position right now. Uh, to break down some numbers and what kind of workload Adrian Peterson could be walking into, Ingram got 140 touches from Week 9 and on. The uninspiring Tim Hightower got 107 touches from week nine and on. It was just about as close to a 60-40 split as you could ask for, and that's the reason why fantasy enthusiasts are not buying the fact that Mark Ingram is going to be the clear-cut number one guy. Yeah, I would, But with that production, yeah, he topped 1,000 rushing yards for the first time in his career last why is he year. Robbing, go, you, why is robbing, he gonna, you of, robbing you of one of your favorite narratives. tropes. I know. Narratives, I should say. I don't like it. So Mark Ingram <laughs> will be the exact same running back next year, and Adrian Peterson will just fall into that Tim Hightower-type role where he'll end up being the running back 25. He'll get 600, 700 yards, somewhere in that range. He'll get six to eight touchdowns, nothing major. He's a flex option. Adrian Peterson would be a, a tremendous flex option, no? Well, I mean, if you flex running backs. Well, I mean, a lot of people do. Nobody does. Okay. Uh, per Greg Rosenthal, the Saints ran the ball with Breeze under center. 80 percent of the time that's, that's actually that's a surprising our, figure wait, for by me. the way that's per our stats department okay well i saw it on greg rosenthal piece I'm <laughs> i know but i'm tired of people like our stat department does a great job i'm sure they do he that. didn't cite the stats department well, I that's, all right. i'm just i'm sorry i want to say i think what i think if we're trying to outline roles i think we've kind of been hitting on a little bit it, what they could want is for tim hightower or to peterson to be the goal line back, they tried to force Tim Hightower to be, even though he was less effective than Mark Ingram in that space. Uh, Scott Barrett, uh, Twitter pal, had tweeted in week eight, uh, I think this was the infamous Mark Ingram benching game. It was. Uh, Hightower had five opportunities from the one-yard line and nine from inside the ten. He scored zero touchdowns in that game. 
Mark Ingram had three total touches. Mm. Mm. So uh, I think, if anything, they might want Mark Ingram to be there between the 20s guy because he's a more capable pass catcher. He's still a good runner. But then they'll bring in Peterson when they want to score. Okay, so also Rosenthal said he expects the Saints to be even more of a power run team this year. Uh, I will ask you this, Alex Gelhard: Does it dampen Breeze's value a bit as well? Again, Breeze is 38 years old. He threw the ball a league-leading 600 and 73 times last year and once again led the league in passing yards with 5,200. That was nearly 300 more than the number two guy in Matt Ryan. If he loses that production through the air in, in terms of yardage and perhaps in terms of touchdowns as well, Drew Brees to me feels like a guy that, you know, look, am I saying don't draft the guy? No. Yes. But it <laughs> stop it. I'm just saying. Here's, here's the better question. Okay. Is the Saints defense good? No, it is not. No, no, it is not. Draft Drew Brees. Okay. It's all well and good to want to be a power run team until the other team's dropping 35 <laughs> points on you. Good point. And then it's like, all right, Drew, do your thing. All right, Michael Thomas, get out there. Sneed, let's go. Colby Fleener, just, just stay. Just <laughs> be over there. Uh, we'll move on to Pittsburgh. Martavis Bryant was conditionally re- reinstated by the league. He's able, he's able to immediately join his team for offseason workouts and the like. Uh, he's only played in 21 total games in his young career, but he's got 15 touchdowns in those games. Do you trust him, Adam Rank, after taking an entire <laughs> year away from the game? Absolutely. Absolutely. No question. Absolutely. No question. Okay. What is everybody all upset about? First of all, have you I'm seen not his upset workout on videos? His workout videos. Oh, the dude's yoked now. <laughs> like I, I'm almost a little bit more concerned that I don't want him to be too slow or anything like that. But okay. he's sitting there pushing up the buck twenty-five dumbbell, doing some presses, working it out. I think um, he's gonna be great. I don't know. I, I, I know why. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Okay, but I get there's certain things that you get suspended for that don't bother me. Oh, yeah. It doesn't seem like it's a huge issue to me. I get you. Like, he's not a bad person. And I think people are, he can't, I'm like, he's going to be fine now. He learned his lesson. He's fine. Like, don't, people, and to to my benefit, it'll end up working out for me because I'm going to be drafting him all over the place. So, uh, I'm not worried about. Well, there is a certain Cleveland wide receiver that Marcus Grant, particularly enjoys. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> where I, I feel like we said the exact same thing, Adam, right? No, where no, he didn't no. necessarily, you know, do anything criminally was, horrible. It's just, but he was in Cleveland without a strong organization okay. and support system. He doesn't have leaders like point. Antonio Brown uh, and Mike Tomlin and, and, and guys like that around him. I, I, I think James Harrison might, you know, end up killing somebody who ends up crossing them or doing something selfish <laughs> and getting himself suspended. So I see. I think the situation in in Pittsburgh lends itself to him being on the straight and narrow. I will say this. Martavis Bryant has become this almost mythical figure in fantasy because, I mean, keep in mind, his 2015 stats, this is what they were, okay? 11 games played, 50 receptions, 765 yards to go along with seven touchdowns he had about he had almost 800 yards because he had uh, 37 rush yards as well but we're talking about an 807 guy uh the last yeah. time we saw him play granted Amazing. it was in 11 games which is great it's awesome but i mean again Bro, when we trade him for altuve straight up to damashek in our league of leagues who will be laughing i guess I, us i guess we will all right high five let's go let's get i mean james i know we all always kind of decry on pace numbers but yeah. if you take 
what Martavis had uh, and, you know, do it out over a over a 16-game sample here. Yeah. His 2015 numbers, or are you saying his career numbers? His 2015 numbers. Okay, yeah. Uh, he's about 1,160 total yards. He's at uh, 72 catches. Let's see. Uh, give me two seconds to finish the math here. Ten total touchdowns. Pretty so good. 1,110 is yeah. what you're looking at. Yeah, and, and again, I, I like it. I love it. But that's his – don't you feel like that's his ceiling, though? No. No? No. What's his God, ceiling? No. Like 15 touchdowns, 16. 2,000. 2,015? And 16 <laughs> touchdowns. I mean, this guy, this guy is a prolific scorer. He's scored 15 touchdowns in 21 games. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he's a difference maker. He's got the long speed and the ability to take – a short pass to the house, as we've seen him do. He has the size and the the ball skills to score in the red zone. Yeah, he can score on the run, and you know he's he's going to be number two. The teams are going to focus on Antonio Brown and maybe even Le'Veon Bell before him. So single coverage, you're saying? Yeah, I mean not even you know the the two team two coverage one coverage that Harmon said is a big thing, kind of like a myth more often than not these days. But number one cornerbacks are when they do shadow coverage is probably going to go to Brown. Martavis is going to have all the opportunity in the world if he's on for a full 16-game season. The sky's the limit for him as far as I'm concerned. Isn't there a little bit of concern as well tying his fantasy fortunes with the oft-injured Ben Roethlisberger? Oh, there is a risk-reward oh, risk risk reward factor to it, but the, the reward is huge. And that's okay. that's why I think he's not going to be a second-round pick, but Brian's probably going to go in, what, 4-5? You buying at that price, MG? I'll uh, buy it. Maybe. Um, I mean, I guess I'd like to wait a round or two longer, but See, I, I don't I, think it's going to happen. I think who it's you, really going to come down to how risk-averse are you, right? Who are you going to take in round four, Marshawn or Martavis? Uh, I'd rather have Martavis over Marshawn. That's a Mart- good point. Martavis. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. Although, man, oh, man. Again, I, you know, Adam Rank hit on it. It, it. it all depends on roster construction, of course, but uh, uh, I, I like Martavis Bryant a lot. I do, and I think the upside is huge. I'm just, I'm just cautioning fantasy enthusiasts out there. That's all. That's fair. That's all. Because, I mean, we talk about him like he's, you know, this Calvin Johnson type 2000. He is. You know, okay. I don't think we're giving Look, him enough. Okay. We're not giving him enough deference. I mean, oh, I see. let's understand. My bad. His nickname is the alien. And like yeah. an alien, he appears out of nowhere, dazzles, and then vanishes <laughs> for a while, leaving us with only our memories, which get exaggerated as the years go by. I see. Yeah, but it's right, alien good. day today. Oh, is it? <laughs> see, I, I think the NFL should have waited to, to announce that today. Him. Today. What are they doing? It would have made sense. It would have made, more made sense. way more sense. I know. I agree. Oh, boy. Are we really? Let's. So, yeah. if I text Damashek and his cousin, and uh-huh. I'll say, right Can now. Can you take this offline? Hold on. <laughs> I don't want to forget it. It's a fan. It's a fantasy question. It's a fantasy question. Am I question. not? That's Nobody fair. cares about your allowed? fantasy team. That's fair. Am I, I almost a question. Am I not allowed to talk fan? Now, now, I, now I get grief for bringing up fantasy on the fantasy podcast. Oh, that's great. This is where. Yeah. This is where. Yes, let's talk about your fantasy baseball trade on the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Just, is it fantasy? It's is fantasy. It fantasy. It's fantasy. It's fantasy. Go ahead, get it out of the way. Please. I don't know. Fine, I'll just write it down. Because I'm just tired of texting James all the time. Because I expect that oh one night gosh. at midnight, he's just going to be like unsubscribe. <laughs> from your text, exactly. from my text, we do text each other back and forth. Like, oh my things. god! Hey, did you see Hanniger? Okay, whatever. We move on. Like Eric Blunt and oh, the Giants hurt, reportedly have mutual interest, according to NFL media insider Ian Rappaport. A deal could be finalized before the draft kicks off on Thursday. If Blunt signs, he would join a backfield mix of Shane Vereen and Paul Perkins. We throw it to you, Adam Rank. Oh, I love it. 
You love it? I, I think um, you love it. Though there's still some there's still some life left in Legarrette Blunt, and I think this would be a good situation for him. Again, he's not going to be somebody who goes out there and wins it for you yardage wise, but he's going to be their goal line back. By the way, they get down there a lot. Is this dude going to be? He's the number one guy that people are going to talk about regression, right? Legarrette Blunt, hundred percent. You know? Oh yeah, I mean the regression knots are going to come you, out. You know force. what I'm saying? You know what I mean? It's like, oh, he had dude, 18 he touchdowns. Wasn't... Obviously, he's going to regress. What? Well, yeah, yeah, thank you, yeah, thank gonna, you, thank you. He's not going to have 18. Guy. <laughs> he's not going to have 18. But it's a prolific offense. They sure. don't have a clear cut number one. As much as I love Paulie P, like he really didn't just take that opportunity. He and, did not and run with it, pun intended. And so I like I, I like Legarrette Blunt. I, I feel. Again, he will just drift down the draft boards, and he'll be somebody oh, for sure. that I'll go and scoop up. Because I, I think in our NFL Fantasy Live League last year, I took LeGarrette Blunt in the last round. Okay. Something crazy like that. And I was scooping him up. And like, and did you hold on to him, actually? I don't know. Oh, okay. Too many leagues. All right. There you go. <laughs> Probably. Uh, Paul Perkins, again, a, a low-round draft well, I pick. traded him, I think. Okay. I hope you got good value. I got Ezekiel Elliott at some point. That's not bad. Shane Vereen, by the way, is coming off of of double tricep tears. So uh, there is, you know, again, on paper, it looks like a crowded backfield. But, you know, if you think about it, there is definitely some opportunity there. And the Giants backfield. Well, the whole the whole appeal of Legarrette Blunt is as a touchdown scorer. Last year, his extra yardage finishing finishing as highly as he did was kind of an anomaly. But the Giants ran the ball inside the five fewer times as a team than Legarrette Blunt did last year. They also scored half as many touchdowns inside the five as Legarrette Blunt did last year. So if they're bringing him in, that's going to be his role. Right. I don't think his his weekly ceiling is going to be as high. Also, I have concerns about that the scoring potential of the Giants offense in general with potentially a noodle-armed Eli Manning there. Oh. However, like Blunt, like you said, Rank, if he falls down into that range that he was going last year with all those concerns of the crowded backfield in New England and, like, I don't know, 8 to 12 range, anywhere in there, I could see potentially scooping him up, especially if you go wide receiver heavy early because then you just have that touchdown upside with Blunt. There's no way he's going before round 10. There's no know. way. I don't know. I mean, just given the – I mean, given the – I mean, I know he's a, a name guy, you know what I mean, but – I just can't see him going inside. We'll have to see the money and if he does sign there, like what the kind of mood is. All right, there you go. Let's break down this uh, final mock draft here from – I was going to call him DeAndre Jordan because I got Clippers on the line. DJ, (laughs) Daniel (laughs) Jeremiah. Daniel Jeremiah wrote up his final mock draft here going into the NFL draft. The actual NFL draft. I know we talk about mock drafts in terms of fantasy, but no, the actual NFL draft. uh, He wrote uh, version 5 on Monday. By the way, real quick plug for all these. Our guys do a lot of great work, and I think DJ's mock drafts are what he's hearing. Mm -hmm. And he's super plugged into guys. So if you want to get a good sense potentially of how the draft could shake down, uh, NFL.com slash mock draft or mock drafts should take you there. You can get DJ's. Bucky Brooks, yep. Charlie Casserly, I think Mayock will have one there soon. Chad Reuter, Lance Zerline, a lot of good guys, a lot oh, yeah. of information. So oh, yeah. go study up before the draft. But, James. All right. So, Jeremiah says he sees the Jags at number four taking Leonard Fournette. And as a matter of fact, a lot of our mock draft experts have the Jags taking Leonard Fournette at four. I would be... I would be disappointed if he ends up in Jacksonville, but that's just me. Uh, the Jets at number six. Jeremiah is hearing that O.J. Howard could be the pick there at number six. MG, what say you? Uh, I mean, it would be very interesting because the Jets have basically punted on the tight end position for 
close to a decade now. Yeah. Probably even more than that. I mean, hey, what Dustin Keller was relevant within the last decade. I really feel was like, he though? Maybe I we'd think. have to we'd have to go back. <laughs> That's pretty close. I mean, Let's, I really let me, I, let me go look. But uh, I really do think it was like a couple of years ago. I think I looked like two seasons ago. Like Jets tight ends combined for something like five to eight. Yeah. Okay. Keller's last good years were in 2010 and 2011. Okay. There he had 100 targets, 680 catches, five TDs, 115 targets. Uh, 815 yards, five TDs, 687 yards, not catches. Sorry. So, I mean, it'd be interesting to have to have O.J. Howard in New York with the Jets. It would certainly fill a position of need. The only problem is he's now walking into a situation with a whole lot of uncertainty around him. Uh, the quarterback situation is still up in the air. Brandon if he goes Martin. to the Jets, there's no way he's draftable, right? <sighs> He's probably a waiver wire guy to keep an right. eye on, but yeah. he's a he's a it's a good it's a decent landing spot in terms of dynasty because you don't want to probably want to oh, play him much first you year. You know what? But that's not bad. If they do get a younger, good quarterback, or you know, targets are going to be there, especially if they ship Decker off. Like, good lord, that that wide receiving core, OJ Howard's gonna gonna be a dynamic part of that. So, I like it as a dynasty pick, but redraft? Nope. No. Nope. Nope. Wait. Nope. Wait, nope. wait. Wait. What? What? No. No. If you he, like OJ Howard, if in, he in goes to the Jets. Yeah. He's going to be a target I mean, monster. who else are they going to throw the ball to? Oh, my God. Quincy Inunua. Robbie Anderson. Quincy Inunua. Yeah, exactly. So don't, the don't, running backs? Don't engage don't Jets Twitter over their wide receiver core right now, guys. <laughs> Poor Matt Franciscovich learned that the hard way. He got lit up. No, dude, that's – he would be – maybe Matt Forte would leave. And, by the way, release him. Let him go somewhere. Where he can win. Where he could win. Yeah. Um, Perhaps Matt Forte would be the number one guy. But, gosh, a young – because they're going to have a young quarterback – Somebody who's inexperienced, and they're going to have O.J. Howard there, all big got, and buff. McCown's their quarterback right now. Okay. So after <laughs> after his week three injury, you're going to have a young, inexperienced quarterback trying to make his way in the league. Wow. O.J. Howard is yeah. going to wow. be lighting it up. And but Bible, but Bible, okay, fine. If it is McCown, yeah. and let's say by some miracle he plays ten games, uh, remember the Gary Barnage breakout season? Hello. Who is this quarterback? McCown. Don and done. I'm in on this. I just don't know if the Jets offense features the tight end at all. That's, I, I, that's why I said he's a good guy to keep an eye on the waiver wire. I'm not yeah. going to burn one of my critical 15 draft picks in a redraft league on OJ, OJ Howard, but if he starts seeing criminal not to. If he starts seeing targets, hell yeah, I might give him a call off the waiver wire. At number eight, the Panthers could select Christian McCaffrey. Adam, rank your tank. They could. I don't think he's going to fall that far. I don't I don't want him to go to Carolina because, to me, now that Jeff Fisher is out of the league and I try to think of the most unimaginative offenses. Well, that would be Carolina. Carolina seems – they're in the running for it. Oh, yeah. I don't know, I don't know if they're, they're number one with a bullet, but they're certainly in the, in the running – I would rather see him go someplace else. And it's funny because he's not even you, a good fit there. I don't understand why the Panthers would take him in eight. He's a good fit everywhere because he can do so many different things. And I think that we're going to see something crazy. He's going to go someplace unexpected right off the top. I keep. Well, I saw DJ tweet yesterday that he doubts that McCaffrey, what, falls to eight now, I think is yeah, what he said. He did tweet that last night. And then Ross Tucker had a great tweet about, like, he didn't show me anything in the Sun Bowl or during his. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> his, his to impress, right, exactly. Yeah, right. so uh, that's funny because people are like, what does he need to show you? Like, oh, you're missing the joke. Right. The one thing, and I, again, as a for instance, the one team I could see, even though they need safeties and stuff like that, is I can see the Chargers going after him because for a number of reasons, starting with 
They they haven't replaced Danny Woodhead, mm-hmm. so they need that guy coming out of the backfield who can catch the ball. Because even though Melvin Gordon was fine, I'm not trusting him for a full season. Uh, they also need to kind of make a splash in Los Angeles. They're competing with the L.A. Rams to unseat the Las Vegas Raiders as the number one <laughs> I was market. Just, I was just about unseat what? I mean, that's the it's no, pretty low they're, seat. They're, yeah, they're in a battle for that. And if they want to go out and win the headlines and kind of take advantage of everything going on, because you know they would they would be the the top of the news cycle. And so that would be kind of a splash move for them. And it would also be very good for football because, again, Ken Wisenhunt's still there. I think him and Phillip Rivers would love to have somebody who could come in and play that Danny Woodhead role. So I could see somebody doing something unexpected and taking him much earlier than that. The reason I I don't want him to go to the Chargers. No? I don't. Not for fantasy, no. Why? Because, like, right now, Melvin Gordon's looking like he's going to be in a great spot again. He's going to see volume. He did well as a pass catcher last year. Basically, you're worried about him coming in and woodheading uh, No, more more than woodheading it. Like, why are we pigeonholing McCaffrey into the woodhead role just because he's white and smaller? Like, he's, well, no, because like, no, no shots to Danny Woodhead, but I think McCaffrey's a better no, no, overall think, prospect. I think he's better. When I, when I say woodheading, I mean in the sense that he's going to be there and he would take you know, snaps, targets, potentially a few carries away from. Yeah, I think dimin- I think he's better than it's Danny. It's going to diminish both of their uh, their potentials. It's just going to turn it into some sort of ugly committee. And yeah, sure, there could be well, games like week one last year. Both Woodhead and Melly G had great games, but like otherwise, it could turn it into this super frustrating. Like, oh wow, today was the McCaffrey game, and I started Gordon. Or like, oh sweet, Melvin Gordon has four touchdowns. Meanwhile, McCaffrey has eight catches for twenty yards. Like. I I just don't want any part of that. I'd rather have him go to a team where he can be featured more. Daniel Jeremiah says Baltimore at 16 could potentially select Mike Williams, the explosive wide receiver out of Clemson. Uh, Reuter, Chad Reuter, has him going to Arizona. Uh, Arizona picks, I think, after Baltimore. No? Yes. They do. Uh, and, oh, no, uh, they picked before. Sorry, 13, Baltimore 13. 16. Okay, so there you go. So either way, uh, Gelhar, your thoughts on, on Mike Williams potentially ending up in Baltimore? I like the fit in Baltimore personally because I saw some people mocking like John Ross to Baltimore, but that doesn't make too much sense to me because they still have – uh, Brashad Parham in there, speed. They've got Wallace. Like they, that'd be super duplicative to get John Ross. They're like, what are you gonna do? Just go verts every every play all the time. Joe Flacco they, wouldn't mind. They need to replace the Steve Smith, big, you know, possession receiver, not big body. Steve Smith was small, but he played a lot bigger. Oh yeah. Mike Williams would be that great chain mover there. Like he can still stretch the field and do other stuff, win contested catches. But I'd like the fit there, and I think he could be a nice lower end fantasy option if he lands in Baltimore, as that offense potentially takes a step back up without so many injuries and with Joe Flacco being fully healthy. Arizona would also make sense, I guess, just real quick, because he could probably be Larry Fitzgerald replacement. That's a very good point. We'll stay with you, Alex Gellhar. Titans at 18, two picks later, could potentially pick up uh, Corey Davis. Now, a lot of folks haven't seen a lot of Corey Davis play, but, man, the tape, if you do watch, is impressive. This is one of this would be one of my favorite fits for fantasy and real football because I don't want them to go get John Ross either. I think what they need is a, a guy that's capable of being the true complete number one. I'm a big Richard Matthews fan. I love him at his current value in in drafts and stuff, and I think he's going to be a great sleeper this year. But they need somebody that is that dynamic target hog that is the the number one guy that Mariota can turn to go to, and I think that's Corey Davis. Like, yeah, health is a concern, but he's a great route runner right now. He's big. He's got long speed. Yeah. He can jump like. This, this guy beasted a lot of good competition in college from a small school. Him and Mariota together, man, that would be would be a lot of fun. And it would free, fun. it'd free Matthews up as Hell the kind of, yeah. you know, the crab, the crab yeah. tree to Cooper role. So, That's like, right. 
it, it'd be a great situation all around. All right, Bucks at 19, one pick later, MG. Dalvin Cook potentially could stay in the state of Florida going to Tampa Bay. Your thoughts there? That'd be an amazing fit. I, I think Dalvin Cook steps in and becomes – look, Jacquez Rogers played well for them at the end of the year. There's no doubt about it, but there's – I just don't believe, I don't think anybody believes that he can handle that sort of workload over the course of a full season. He wore down when they gave him like 80 touches in two games or <laughs> Why whatever. did they do that? Yeah, that's, I mean. 35 carries and then 30, and you're like, what are you, that's he, just, what? Legit, Chuck Wiz like, Rogers, keep, keep going, dude. Marcus, I'm going to look this up because I looked crazy. at it yeah, I mean, he had a scene number of touches. That was a poor decision <laughs> by the Bucks to do that. But, I mean, he did play well. But I still think a guy like Dalvin Cook who can do a little bit of everything, um, I think, you know, he, he has the opportunity to step in there, be productive from day one, and really potentially be a three down back there. I know Charles Sims is still hanging around. Uh, I mean, I, I think we've seen the last of Doug Martin uh, there in Tampa. 82 touches in three games they gave Wow. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's nuts. I mean, that's just that's, that's nuts for a guy like Jack. Oh, sorry, eight, 81. I can't do math. Um, math is hard. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think the Dalvin Cook there in, in Tampa is a perfect fit. And then it, it sort of rounds out what you have in that offense where, you know, you know you've got Jameis Winston at quarterback. You've got two solid receivers in Mike Evans and, and Deshaun Jackson. Cameron Brait obviously showed that he can be productive at the tight end spot. Now you get a guy in the backfield to kind of round that group out. And the Bucks are looking a tad bit scary there on offense. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. I love, I I would love that. Dalvin Cook, Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, Cameron Bright, Jameis the, Winston. The only thing that, would mess that up is if they still brought Doug Martin back. You would have to hope. <laughs> That's you, true. I mean, you would have to hope that if they took Dalvin Cook, that would be a sign. I think Martin's that, yeah, contract think isn't seem... guaranteed this year because of his suspension. They free him up. Hell yeah, let's go Dalvin Cook in fantasy. But if Doug Martin is going to be coming back in after that, you know. Let's say Doug Martin is gone, okay? Dalvin Cook, where does he go in redraft? Is he a second rounder? Second rounder? Is he a second rounder? Oh, no. Ooh, that seems. A featured running back in in a dope offense playing in a weak division? Feels too rich for my blood. I don't know. We're just going to overdraft all running backs this year, aren't we? Like, all running backs are going to be overdrafted. 100%. I mean,. all running, I should say, all running backs not named, you know, David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell, will all be overdrafted. That's a very good point. Uh, Giants at 23. Daniel Jeremiah potentially sees David Joku going there, replacing. Is Will Ty the science guy still there, Adam Rank? Will Ty the science guy, dude. He is. Uh, he is. Okay. And he Not that he matters. To, I'm just he saying. He needs to be replaced by somebody. Okay. Good. I think, yeah, I think. I think Joku is kind of overlooked because O.J. Howard is so good, so nobody's really paying much attention to the second-best tight end coming off the board. And, it, and you look at what the way the Giants like to operate, that if you could bring in LeGarrette Blunt and a quality tight end, That's somebody who can go in there and scoop up some of uh, some of the un- underneath things. Now, of course, he's going to be battling for targets the first season because with Brandon Marshall also there, it's going to be a little tough. But I think Odell eventually – uh, especially in dynasty leagues, maybe not obviously his rookie season, but in dynasty leagues, eventually this will grow in to a, a pretty good prospect. And again, is this guy's uh, an athletic Gilhart's freak? Said, oh, yes. That's the one thing. It's like he's like when you go and watch some of his stuff on YouTube, like it's amazing, eye popping for sure. So, and if uh, Noodle Arm Manning can't get the ball downfield anymore, and he's got to throw it underneath, then perhaps the tight end can establish himself. I'm so. basing this on nothing. I haven't heard anything. I just I just don't think Eli Manning was healthy last year. I, Probably I, not. I think there was a lot of rumors that he was kind of either hiding an injury or, you know, trying to play through it. He's, he's got that consecutive game streak uh, that I know that he takes pride in as well. I, I know he did not look great last year, obviously. 
but I just got to think he was injured. I mean, the fact that we're talking about a guy who could sling it, and all of a sudden his arm strength just went to complete poo-poo. I mean, it's just dead arm. You know what I mean? I don't know. From signing all those autographs on. Oh, what a shot, Rank. Allegedly. Oh, man. Wow. Okay. How about the Steelers at 30, Alex Gellhart? See, that's where I'd rather have Joku go. But, again, they got a lot of pass catchers as well. Evan Ingram is another guy who is a supreme athlete. And we talk about – look, we were excited about Ladarius Green uh, going there and being one of those seam stretcher type guys. <laughs> Evan Ingram from Ole Miss is that guy for sure. His speed is serious. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, we've been doing. Marcus and I've been doing a lot of work with Lance Zerline um, for the combine stuff, and we were just finishing out the projections, what he's hearing and stuff. He said Evan Ingram's probably going to go in round one, and he was like he'd be an absolute fantasy stud at uh, in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah, and I agree one hundred percent. I mean, this is a guy. He, as you said, he's a physical specimen. He blew up the combine. I mean, he had like wide receiver numbers. Yeah, he ran a four four two forty yard dash. I mean, he's six three. 234 pounds. Insane. He, ran a, he has a 36-inch vertical. Insane. Like, he is the type of guy that they probably wanted Ladarius Green to be, uh, but his injuries have really derailed his setup there. Sure. But you put that kind of dynamic athlete in the middle of the field with Brown and Martavis on the outside, oh, left Bell, Bell in the background. Oh, my goodness. In the backfield. Whew. Going to be cooking. I mean, Ingram wouldn't be a guy, I mean, maybe throw a super, super, super late dart at in uh, redraft, but – He'd be a high-priority guy in Dynasty as well if he landed with a team like Pittsburgh. Is it just me, or does tight end all of a sudden feel a lot healthier and more robust going into 2017? Uh, it does. I mean, if the, some of these guys fall into the right spot, but there are still a lot of question marks and guys that aren't seeing enough. Of, Listen, you know, 2016 workload. was an abject disaster for the tight end position. So It was bad. You know what I mean? So if you are spending that 14th, 15th round pick on, on a flyer tight end because there's some you know random veteran that is going to be hanging on the waiver wire, why not? Why not? Ingram is that guy that I think uh, could be, like you said, worth the flyer. I mean, you know, certainly I think he's got a role yeah. to play uh, in Pittsburgh. All right. Uh, getting through rounds two and three. This is from not from Daniel Jeremiah, but Chad Reuter, uh, who did, I believe, a, a one-man full-on seven-round mock. He's an insane person. Why would you do this? He did. <laughs> he did. I don't understand why you would do this. You well, could I mean, also his, find this. His editor part. told him to do one, and he likes getting paid. So he did a seven-round mock draft. <laughs> why would you do so? It's insane. We're not going through seven rounds, folks, okay? But rounds two and three, we'll, we'll do a couple quick hitters here. Uh, Chargers second-round pick. Uh, Chad Reuter potentially sees Zay Jones. Adam Rank, you like the fit. He could be joining a wide receiver core that could all of a sudden be looking very dangerous. Keenan Allen is back. Tyrell Williams was a nice find last year. And, and, and again, if Zay Jones out of East Carolina goes there – all of a sudden, San Diego, Phillip Rivers, looking at a pretty deep wide receiver core. He's too short to be a Chargers receiver. They all have to be 6'5". <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily like this fit. I would rather see somebody with a little bit more speed to uh, stretch the defenses. So it would be interesting. They've got Travis Benjamin and Tyrell the Gazelle, though. Like, that's a lot of speed. Yeah, Tyrell's fast. Enough. Travis Benjamin's very fast. But I think what he's saying, though, what, what Adam Rank is saying is, is Zay Jones – has a game that is, I'm not saying similar. It is similar to Keenan Allen. You know what I'm saying? He's going to be a slant guy. He's going to be one of those guys. He's not going to be a field stretcher type dude. Similar to the guy that's missed like 18 games say, is, in is, the last two seasons. Is that maybe a statement on their, <laughs> their level of faith in, in Keenan Allen's Allen. health? Yeah. But I mean, like, both injuries are so random. If Zay Jones goes there, I'm not touching him in redraft unless yeah. somebody gets yeah. injured. 
Yeah, that's true. All right. Uh, Bengals in the second round. Chad Reuter sees Joe Mixon potentially going to Cincinnati, joining a backfield of Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard. A lot to be figured out there, obviously. I, th- I think if Joe Mixon went there, Jeremy Hill's the one that takes the biggest hit because he's been so ineffective the last two years. I think I, th- I feel like I remember there being rumors of him like – I feel like they could both just be – Hitting the sideline, Jeremy yeah. Hill. And I mean, Gio I think I think, I think he can. You know what I mean? I think I think Geo fi- fits the fits a role still, especially in hurry up third downs. He's been there. Dalton trusts yeah, him. He point. knows the offense and that's stuff like point. that. Uh, I I think Geo or Jeremy Hill would be the one that takes the biggest hit. In the wise. second round, the Bills, Chad Reuter sees as a fit Juju Smith Schuster. Obviously, we go to our USC guy, MG, my guy Marcus Grant. Well, first off, they lost Robert Woods, so, so you obviously gotta, have to replace. You got to replace one for one with another USC <laughs> wide receiver, of course. Um, no, but I, I think he's an interesting compliment to Sammy Watkins. I mean, first, obviously, Sammy Watkins needs to stay healthy and be on the field. Not going to happen. But you know, he's that guy who can go downfield. Speaking of, of Watkins, who can be more of a downfield threat, can make some plays there. Um, Juju is a guy who is going to be more of a possession receiver. He's not yeah. a speed burner, nope. um, but he can be a big physical guy. He can make those underneath, those intermediate plays. He, he has quality hands. He can be a reliable option there for you. Um, you know, I, like I said, I, somebody made the comparison to Anquan Bolden. I don't know. I feel like that's a lofty, oh. compar- that's a lofty comparison. He's not oh. nearly as physical. No um, way. No way. No, that's but, not a good comp. But, you know, I mean, if he has a Anquan Bolden-like career, like, hey, good on him. Sure. But, but I do, I think, I think. Not going to happen, but I sure. I think he would be an interesting fit there, though, in Buffalo. Again, provided Sammy Watkins can stay healthy. If Watkins isn't there, then uh, they're in a world of hurt in their passing game because they really don't have a number one wide receiver. Again, remember, this is a mock draft done by Chad Reuter. In the second round, Tampa Bay uh, could potentially select Curtis Samuel, the wide receiver uh, out of Ohio State. I mean, you, you know, you pair him. I'm saying I- I'm differentiating between Daniel Jeremiah and Chad Reuter's uh, mock drafts because, look, if they – if they take a guy, an offensive guy, in the first round, I, I obviously I don't see them then following that up with another offensive guy in the second round. They have so many holes to fill in other places, but whatever. Regardless, Curtis Samuel to go along with Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson. My goodness, uh, that could be interesting. Yeah, but it'd be fun because I would wonder what happens with Adam Humphreys right now as a talented guy they have in the Sia. slot there. Who's done? <laughs> Sia? I don't know if it'd be Sia. He he played pretty well for him, but yeah, he did. Samuels would be more of a of a matchup nightmare probably in the slot. Dynamic. Capable of, of stretching the field a little more than oh, Humphreys yeah. might be, but oh, yeah. it'd be a good fit. In the in the second round, the Broncos could potentially select Alvin Kamara. MG Mike got Marcus Grant. Um, Devontae Booker, C.J. Anderson there. Uh, all of a sudden, Alvin Kamara. And well, again, you and I have watched Alvin Kamara tape and come away completely and utterly unimpressed. Yeah, I mean, I feel I guess slightly better about him in the second round. I'd feel even better if we were talking about him in the third round. But you know, it's this is better than all this first round hype I was hearing a few yeah, weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, if he goes to the Broncos, see you later, Devontae Booker. That that one. You think? I think that's a wrap. Wow, really? I think I think if he's if Kamara's there, then Devontae Booker is a wrap. C.J. Anderson, I know, is back and just you know seeing what I've seen from him on Twitter, he seems like he's healthy again. Interesting. In fact, he's bowling more again. You know, that's a big deal for him. <laughs> um. But Kamara is that guy who is, you know, he's kind of that 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 slash player, that hyphen player yep. who can you know can run the ball a little bit, but is going to be very good catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, could be a nice sort of outlet safety blanket for Trevor Simeon in that offense. Um, you know, I, I think he's a decent fit there in Denver. 
I, like I said, I wouldn't. I really just wouldn't worry about Devontae Booker if that's what happens. By the way, I just wanted to say overall, I'm really worried about Denver's offense in general. I thought that they got the absolute most that they could have gotten out of that offense given given their personnel. Now with the new head coach in place, I'm just I'm worried, man. I, I don't know. I don't trust in Denver's offense at all. If Alvin Kamara goes there, I don't want any piece of C.J. Anderson, Devontae Booker, or Alvin Kamara. In the second round, Green Bay could potentially select Dante Foreman, the big-time bruising running back out of Texas. Uh, he could potentially be a hammer to Ty Montgomery's lightning. Alex Gelhar, your thoughts? I'm not in love with this fit. I mean, at least as a fan of the team from the second for the second round, I wouldn't want them to burn that on Dante Foreman. If yeah. they could get him later, sure, it could it could work in fantasy. I mean, right now they're gonna roll out with Kristen Michael as their as their hammer, even though all he as you know, I still love the way Chris Wessling described him as running as if he was shot out of a cannon. Uh, Foreman might offer them a little bit more of what they lost with Eddie Lacy, but. I've also been hearing rumors. Mike Garofolo said today that Jamal Charles and the Packers they could be linked. I would I would like that personally more for fantasy and pure football, even though him and Ty Montgomery are a little bit more duplicative. I think getting Jamal Charles would offer a little bit more than Dante Foreman. In the third round, the Jets could potentially select Chris Godwin, Adam Rank. I'm surprised Godwin actually f- would fall into the third round because he is awfully talented. Because they're talking about him in the second round, and I think that he's going to be gone. But this is one of those situations where you're drafting – no Brandon Marshall there. We don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. You're, you know you're I mean? drafting the circumstance, I guess. Like any wide receiver who goes to the Jets is automatically going to draw my attention because so many targets. A lot, of, a lot of targets. Like any, if, a, if the 49ers drafted a wide receiver, he could also be somebody who I could see getting a lot of targets. What about Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers? That would at be number something. two. Could you imagine if the 49ers did that? If they drafted him. I mean, John Lynch, I know it, it's stupid to be like, oh, he's a Stanford guy, but he Listen, that Stanford stuff guy. matters, man. I think that, that matters. That stuff absolutely matters. I also think, too, you're lo- the Raiders are moving out of the Bay Area, and then you're like, okay, again, you're going to make a splash play to pick the local kid that's who why can go out there and turn That's why they take Solomon Thomas at two. Yeah, but that's I mean, that I, doesn't excite the fan base like Christian McCaffrey, who will instantly come in and make that offense much better. And you got Kyle Shanahan. I actually hope Christian McCaffrey doesn't go to San Francisco. Kyle, but no, no, it's a it's a different San Francisco now. Kyle Shanahan's there, who's going to make the most out of him. If there's one coach, you, you talk about him going to the Panthers and how unimaginative that yeah. would be. It's not a good him fit going to with Kyle Shanahan. That's a good fit. That would be unbelievable. Yeah, that's a good fit. I've decided that's now where I want him to go. Okay. Number two. Overall. Congratulations. And, uh, yeah, Chris Godwin. By the way, Chris I, Godwin won. You know, you're the, fine. I kind of like Chris Godwin with the Jets. I mean, simply because. I get, yeah. One. Targets. 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 But also because, you know, sure, Josh McCown may start the year at quarterback. But even if it's, you know, I feel like he could even he could even prosper potentially with Christian Hackenberg there. One. Oh, you know, stop it. There's the thing. One, because. He's serious. Yeah, you know, there's the whole Penn State connection. But two. No. Did you did you watch Chris Godwin? More importantly, did you watch Trace McSorley this year? He was woefully <laughs> inaccurate. And if you go back and you watch. Trace that, McSorley was so bad. And you go back and you watch that. so bad. You watch that Rose Bowl Amazing. game in particular. Chris Godwin ate. Despite the fact that, that Trace McSorley was scattershot. Yeah, what, I mean, what did he go for? Like 11 catches in like. 
something crazy? I mean, it was it, it, there was kind of stormtrooper level accuracy out there from the quarterback position, yeah, and yeah. Chris Godwin found a way to be productive. So it's even true. if it's Christian Hackenberg there, I still think Chris Godwin has the ability to make plays. And Chris Godwin will fall in draft in redraft leagues, not fall, but I mean, I think his value will be you know obviously double digit round. Somebody's going to take a fly. Not if you're in a league with Matt Harmon. <laughs> not if you're in a league with Matt Harmon. I think even Matt Harmon in a ten team league uh, would not be picking up Chris Godwin before round ten. That that would just be my thought, but I don't know. Like I said, he he will definitely be around in the double digit rounds unless we see something crazy in the preseason, which I guess is possible. He's a talented dude, obviously, yep. but man. Uh, real quick, since we just wrapped that up before we get on daily dabs, reminder yeah. to everybody: please rate and review the show on oh, iTunes. And yeah, please subscribe; it's great. Follow of all, follow all of our rants and nonsense on Twitter at James D. Co. at Adam Rank at Marcus G at Alex Gellhar. And uh, read all our stuff, please, and share it. It would be great. Great if you could do that. We're going to do periscopes after the uh, the rounds of the draft. Uh, Marcus, Adam, and myself. I, well, Adam's up, up in the air for Saturday. But we're going to do some peri- periscopes with uh, draft takes and uh, where we like the fits and such. So keep an eye out for that on the NFL Fantasy Twitter handle. Hell, yeah, that'd be great. By the way, you can sign up your team today, NFL.com slash preactivate. You can also, if you would like, uh, to know about all the rookies that are potentially coming in, NFL.com slash rookie report. The gentlemen here, Alex Gelhar and Marcus Grant, have done a write-up on just about every single fantasy, potentially fantasy-relevant rookie coming in into the NFL in 20. It's, it, it is awesome. It's like a Cliff Notes version of what you want. Yeah. And, or, or and it's a great – I think it's a great companion piece if you're watching the the, the draft. I was just going to say, you pull know it I mean? up during the draft. Yeah. One of those guys gets picked. Read our what we had thought beforehand, and we're going right. to run on a live blog during the draft too. You can check out our instant takes on there. I think Marcus is going to be heading that bad boy up. Yeah, buddy. All right, so there you go. Let's get to Daily Dap to get out. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the day. Daps and hooks. Give me daps because I'll be squirbling right. Give me dabbing up daps about daps All right, I'm going to start us off this time. <laughs> I will give a daily daps to the fantasy hipsters. And look, they're, they're, they've, they've got their little podcast going on, which is great. Um, and they've done a gr- great job with it. They're getting quite a few listens. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And why not? Those are it's two great show. guys. You yeah, guys for sure. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> their last episode, uh, and not their most recent one, but the one right before, they basically, look, they, they did impersonations. Somebody They were answering some mail questions. Somebody asked them, hey, what's your best impersonations or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And let me just say, they then randomly took shots at Alex Kelhar and myself. <laughs> uh, this was the Fantasy Hipsters impersonation of Alex Kelhar. My Gelhar is pretty good. Oh, gosh. Give us your, your Wisconsinite. <laughs> Oh, oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, boy. <laughs> Gotta get some more coffee, you know? <laughs> Gotta go down to the UPS store and send out a package. <laughs> my- this is terrible audio. <laughs> <laughs> go down to the UPS store and send a I don't a know pack- where that came I don't think I've ever heard those words come out of your mouth. Even Harmon said he was like, after the episode, he was like, what was that? <laughs> I will say, those two, uh, this started last season, where they would uh, make fun of me because I drank a lot of coffee, uh-huh. and then it started to do them actually <laughs> trying to impersonate me for all of, like, 15, 20 minutes before it flew straight into outrageous Midwestern parody, which, to be frank, when you're impersonating a Midwestern accent, it's yeah. best to just go over the edge and go straight, like, you know, Fargo kind I of like situation. It. I like it. Okay, so the, the, the slander did not stop there. No. 
They then impersonated Slander. myself. I don't like it. Okay. I've been doing more recently, like the AM news guy who's like a little loony. And we're back. It's 405 at the PM on Wednesday afternoon on the West Coast. And you're listening to the Fantasy Hipsters podcast. What's going on? That's, uh, <laughs> some people think it's like the clown from uh, The Simpsons. It's not yeah, crusty the clown. It's supposed to be like a crazy AM news. It sounds a lot like a James Coe. I don't think so. Fantasy freaks and geeks. <laughs> I mean, a little bit, I guess, but those What's are. Those are <laughs> you're listening to James Coe, the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Oh, by the way, <laughs> you, you did a good co. Well, I mean, I got to listen to him enough. <laughs> the oh, by the way, that he, he nailed it. He hits the oh, by the way. Oh, by the way, he he nailed it. He nailed, nailed. it. Uh, but I will say this. Uh, okay, so it started as franchise doing a crazy AM newt. Basically, what Matt Harmon said was that I sound like Krusty the Clown. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't I don't I don't think that that's all. that's that. <laughs> that's that pretty good what, Krusty though. That is what Matt Harmon said. That's yeah, I, I guess that's, that's accurate. That's accurate? Oh wow. No, that's what he's saying. Okay. I'm not saying I agree with the sentiment. I think you kinda do agree with the sentiment though. Nah, that nah. that that little half smile smirk you're giving uh-huh. me right now. <laughs> I think you're making a jump in it because franchise is doing his AM guy. Yeah. Some people say it looks like cru- sounds like Krusty, which I would probably put on one side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm, and Harmon mm-hmm. said, "Oh no, there was a little James Cohen there." I see. I so see. franchise's mm-hmm. AM guy is in between you and Alex Gelhar right now, trying to bridge the gap. There's I like a buffer. It. Okay, I like it. But man, but I tell you what, uh, it, please listen to that episode. I just about died on franchise's fire marshal bill. Yeah, his fire marshal bill is great. It Rich is spot on. Oh, my God. And so Harmon, Harmon doing his, I have a great British accent bit. Like, <laughs> get out of here. Get out of here. Uh, Marcus Gray, give me your daily daps. Uh, my daily dap, if you've been following along on Twitter at all today, you've probably seen plenty of tweets from <sighs> uh, folks at ESPN yeah. who have been laid off. Uh, the big news, obviously, the uh, 100 people expected to be laid off, most of them uh, on-air talent or writers. Uh, Jason Stark. Right. A lot of them are named. What? You know. Jason Stark. Uh, Ed Werder. Uh, Trent Dilfer, Lynn Elmore. So it's a lot of names you know. It's probably a lot of names Crazy. that you don't necessarily know and some in between. I mean, a guy like Ethan. Paul Kaharski. Uh, a guy like Ethan Strauss, who's done a great job covering the Warriors the last couple Ethan of years. Ethan Strauss got let go too? Ethan Strauss is one who got let go. Um, and so My Daily Dad just basically goes out to all those folks who uh, for years have done such good work. And they're just names that you know. I mean, names that if you follow sports, you have come to know. And so... The um, names we just listed, by the way, they're famous and they're well-known, not because of their personalities, but because of their information. They are some of the greatest information peddlers out there. And I tell you, it just, it's just, it's disappointing, man. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's part of the business, obviously. You know, and ESPN is trying to, to cut costs and, and, you know, wherever they can. But, uh, yeah, I mean, best of luck. I, I'm sure most, if not all of those folks, will find some place to land. I know for some people it probably means a new beginning career-wise, personally, professionally. Yeah. Um, but just, you know, daily daps to all those folks for all their work. And, you know, best of luck for whatever comes next and, and continued success, hopefully. Adam Rank, daily daps. Well, I gotta follow that. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> that's pretty rough. That's like when you gotta follow the girlfriend at a funeral where they're passing around the microphone, like, "Hey, everybody, get up here and say a word about our fallen comadre." Comadre. That's a compadre. That's a morbid thought. <laughs> you don't think the people losing it? No, because that ha- that happened to a fu- at a funeral a couple of weeks ago where they did the thing where they were passing the mic uh-huh. and everything, and then. 
then they go to the they they went to the girlfriend a little too early. I see. And she went up, and then I I went up after her, and I made this point. And it bro, people laugh because I mean, like at that point, you've got to kind of break it up, because yeah. Otherwise, you'll drive yourself crazy. So um, so it's disappointing to hear about the people at ESPN. So many yeah. people that um have given out so much great information. Guys, like God, just. It's so weird to think that somebody like Jason Stark. It's insane. We, we don't have a role for you anymore. So it is disappointing. Yeah. Um, but there is some good news going on in the world, and I want to give out some daily depths. I'll start with Darius Slay. Okay. Who I, I must have missed it, but apparently he's now 1994 Deion Sanders. I, had, I, I didn't know. Wait, what? This had become a thing because I said that um, – that Mike Evans has a really great playoff schedule. Yeah. And then Lions Twitter's like, oh, but they got he's got Darius Slay though. And I'm like, okay. Okay. Good. Just, just please stop. <laughs> and to the to the okay. Buccaneers social media manager's credit, they all they like that. Like, yes, you tell him. And then somebody was like, uh, somebody goes, Oh, and don't forget the week he's got the Falcons and Desmond Trufant. You're like Trufant. Uh, he had two hundred and forty nine <laughs> yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> Against the Falcons last year in two games, I think he's. Going I think he's to fine. Be, he's oh, going to be just fine. True fine. So I, was, think. I think was out for at least one of those, but I think he'll be fine. I th- I still think. But yeah, was he out I for agree. both of them? So I, he, I don't know. He was only there when he got a hundred and one touchdown. So maybe <laughs> I'm not. I'm not giving him uh, enough credit. Have you seen this thing? By oh, by the way, uh, dabs to the Marlins. They're getting new owners. What did Darius Slay reply to you or something? Or no, I oh. just it was Lions. Li- Lions. No, I just Twitter wanted to like, I didn't uh, know. I, 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 I missed the coronation. I, this is I wanted like, to give uh, some belated dabs. I mean, this is more legitimate, but like that that is more legitimate than the Neron Ball tight end eraser <laughs> that the fans told us. That's from right. Maryland. That's right. Oh, that, that was that was special. Oh, that was that, I will never forget Neron Ball. For he's going to be the most random NFL player. I remember 100%. for the rest of my life yep. because of the Oakland fans telling us he was a tight end eraser. <laughs> so crazy. Like people, uh, like it's good. Like I get it. Like I, I think that we should pay attention to matchups, and it's always prudent to do that. But let's let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Like these guys, right. I'm done. Keep. Going. I'm done with them. Um, the Mar- but the Marlins though they have new owners. That's fun. They yeah. they need a new stadium. I think their Jeets. stadium sucks. But uh, good for the Marlins and um, God, I hope they don't get a new stadium. I'm they just, okay. they just open theirs. I know. I was just about to game. say, it's so ridiculous. Uh, Daps to Mike Trout. Okay, who uh, who had such an inevitable home run last? Like there was a zero zero game through nine that still somehow lasted three hours because Angels and <laughs> and the A's tied it up. And I'm like, oh, and I I want to go to bed. You know, you're like, oh, I'm just I need to go to bed, but. Now the A's scored a run, and Mike Trout's the first person up. And I knew, I'm like, he's going to hit a home run. And then they're not going to score after that, and they're going to go do additional frames, which is exactly what happened. But the game uh, ended up with an Angels victory. So so there you go. So all of it was good. And also, uh, since we were giving out plugs, yeah. I've started um, getting into my YouTube page, Okay. which I've, I guess I have two of them because I have one that – because I posted a couple of videos from my phone. Yeah. And uh, they went to a different YouTube page. And I'm like, oh, so I guess this is the one I'm going to be using from now on. But it doesn't have a, a channel name or anything like that. I see. So I would uh, I would implore you to go to my uh, public Facebook page, uh-huh. which is Facebook.com slash Adam Rank, or go to Twitter.com slash Adam Rank. You'll see a couple of videos there for YouTube. Um, if you go in, watch the video. If you subscribe, um, when I get to 100, I can actually name my channel or something like that. But oh, I want right? Yeah, but it's going to be a new way because I know, um, you know, always trying to find ways to interact with people. 
my Twitter gets slammed now, so it's harder for me to answer those questions. But yeah. if I start this YouTube thing, uh, there'll be less people following me on that, so it'll probably be easier to get an immediate response. I see. And I might record something. Was that was that a backdoor humble brag w- w- about how many Twitter followers you have? I think no, that was. I, I, I think no. that was. They've I think changed, that was. No, no, no. They changed the way you respond to people on Twitter, so it's harder to follow along. Yeah, the chain. You can't the see the chains. chain as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit more difficult, so I'm missing They out. wanted to save you characters, but in the process, you, you lose the chain. It had been a while since Twitter did something nobody asked for that completely ruined everybody's experience yep. on Twitter. So. This was it. Yeah. Thanks, Twitter. You First guys you got are the it. best. Well, like that, no. Whiskey from Wisconsin, what you got? Uh, I'm going to nerd out for a moment and just give a daily dap to the Dota 2 major tournament going on right now. It's the Kiev Major. They did uh, group play earlier this week, and the main event will be this weekend. It's pretty cool. I know I've talked about uh, esports and stuff on here before, but just the production value and how much is going into these tournaments and how many people are watching is uh, is pretty darn cool. I was watching a game while at work uh, yesterday morning, I think, and on the U.S. the English stream that I was watching, I was one of like three hundred thousand people at eight a.m. in the morning watching. Uh, an online game. So the the numbers are getting up there. I mean, that'd be a Richard Deitch worthy tweet of uh, that outgrossing Skip Bayless's undisputed <laughs> in their ongoing Twitter <laughs> battle. But it's pretty cool. There's a couple North American teams in there. And if you were ever curious about just esports or the broadcast, like they do a really good job. They have great commentary teams. They've got you know a panel and good sets and stuff like that. And it's it's just pretty cool to watch to watch it grow like that. So. Uh, follow along, the, the Dota 2 Kiev Major. I love it. All right, that's your Daily Daps. That means that's our show for the Whiskey from Wisconsin. Alex Galehar, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, and, of course, Adam Rank, the Fantasy Maverick. I'm James Coe. We're out. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.